Hello and welcome back to the Habs Puck Drop Podcast. This is the April 5th game against the Edmonton Oilers in a thrilling 3-2 overtime win. Um, Let's start from the beginning of the game. Uh, You know, first period, we saw a couple, you know, good things here. I'd start with saying, like, possession was unbelievable. I think at one point the Habs were out shooting the Oilers 14-2. Came out strong. Yeah, we started out strong. You know, we had a, it was a lot of five on five possession. We killed off a good penalty, and then Gallagher takes that slap shot off of Romanov, and well, gets a shot from Romanov off his hand. Um, you almost knew instantly it was broken. I think it's gonna be really bad. Um, yeah. I think this is gonna be the third time he's put long term uh, injury. This isn't gonna be like he misses a week or two. This is like I'm 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 personally guessing he might miss the rest of the season. Yeah, it doesn't look good. Like, just the way, like, you know, Gallagher's a tough guy, and, and just the way he walked off through the tunnel, I, it just didn't look good. And yeah, it's, he, he imme- it's bad when they immediately it's, go. It's, like, it's like Sherrod. We yeah. knew right away it was going to be it's bad. It's odd, though, like, with his hand, um, you know, there, there's there's re-injuring something, mm-hmm. and then there's these freak accidents with Gallagher where it's always his hand. Well, it's like, it reminds me of Noah Juleson with his eye. Yeah. It's just one of those things where it's like this guy can't catch a break. It's the way he plays. And, you know, people are calling for, oh, you know, like he's got to maybe take on a different role. It's like that's not what you want him for. No, like that's yeah. his job. Um, you know, they do what they can. The announcers even said, like, in his gloves there's actually extra padding because the trainers know about it. But, you know, it doesn't matter if it's Shea Weber. It doesn't matter if it's Victor Mete. And, you know, what? Romanov has a big shot, and he's developing it as he goes. There's going to be a chance that, you know, like – you just get hurt and like Gallagher you know he rolled the dice and he he rolled wrong and yeah. you know it is what it is you know it's, we uh, the good the good news with that he's irreplaceable I, I understand but I'm saying at least the good news with that is that we we are a deep team and yeah. you know the domino effect with that is at the very shortest Jake Evans returns to the lineup that's the first step pushing everyone up um the other thing is you know, the late goal against the Canadians, I think there was about 20 seconds left in the period, and, you know, it's the fourth line for the Oilers scoring. The Habs have done a really good job containing the big guns on Edmonton, yeah. but, um, yeah, they, they seem to just, you know, Edmonton lost body position on Kyra, which, like, I know Kyra's a big dude, but... Weber and Druin both standing in the slot with their sticks off the ice. Watch the pass go through the slot to Devin Shore. And I don't know what it is about Devin Shore, but, like, I just, I hate him. (laughs) (laughs) I completely I don't know what it is. Like, he's never done, like, he doesn't have any bad history with the Habs. He doesn't, I've never, like, had a personal instance. I hate him. It's just, I see him and, like, I I wish him, like, the worst. I don't know what it is. It's just something, I don't know. And so he scores a late goal, so that just upset me on a personal level. But then, that, you know, jumping into the second right away, I mean, that was the worst yeah, period I've such seen. such bad hockey. That was the so worst boring, period. slow. It was slow. The discipline was horrible. I think we had four penalties. I'm going to double yeah. check, actually. But not only did we take bad penalties, but our, our timing was bad, too. We negated uh, at least one power play. I believe the other one came in, in the third, third yeah. period. But, you know, we negate. Yeah, so Perry takes a roughing penalty in front of the net. Then Pujarvi takes a holding penalty, but Stahl, not even 10 seconds later, takes a hooking penalty. And then Edmondson takes a slashing penalty. Like, 
we can't like you don't put yeah. this team on the power play. No, I know that's this, insane. And then a death sentence with, with right, and we we got lucky because we, you know we we just seem to have their number a little bit, but that could have yeah, easily yeah they we they really you know that dry side on McDavid line really can't do much against us. I don't know no, what it and is. it's well we we locked them down, but I mean it's it's there's only so many times you're gonna lock down these guys. Yeah. Um, then Perry took a weird fall and that started to scare me because with two right shot forwards going out and it, it looked bad. Like Perry wasn't getting up right away. He was holding his hip. Um, he kind of like hyperextended his hip there and then he went immediately to the bench, but like he, he couldn't get to the bench. Like he was like limping. He had to like do that one legged push to get there at one point. Yeah. And he came back, which was good. But, you know, even the announcers are like, ooh, that doesn't look yeah, good. Yeah, I and was listening to that portion of the game on uh, TSN 690. And, um, you know, the way they described it was a, you know, it sounded Gallagher-esque. Like yeah, it, it sounded bad. And it looked bad. It. Yeah. That's that's the thing. Is it, it looked a lot worse. It's kind of like, do you remember Lafreniere in the World Juniors? Mm. Remember how bad we thought he was hurt? And then yeah. he was just like, okay. Yeah. Like, it wasn't, Perry didn't have that reaction, but it was the same vibe of, like, oh, he's not going to be okay. And then he was. So, yeah. we got lucky there. Um, yeah, then jumping into the third, it was a completely different team. Yeah, completely different. Um, goals from Anderson and Tatar. So, both these guys continue their point streaks. Anderson getting assists from Perry and Suzuki, and then Tatar getting one from Byron. Um Tatar is just, we'll, we'll go back to Anderson in a second, but yeah. Tatar is just on an absolute different planet right now. This guy is just absolutely tearing it up. It's so good to see his, you know, his game come back. Um, it was a six-game point streak now. Yeah, so he didn't have a point last game against uh, Ottawa, but I'm counting it now. One, eight points in his last seven games. Wow. And that's three goals and five assists nice so, so he's yeah. just he's getting it done and you know these are big goals too that's like, the thing and anderson that was his 14th yeah. of the season he's you know i we were talking about him a few games ago when he was at 11 and we, we yeah. kind of spoke about uh how he's slowing down a little bit maybe he hurt us <laughs> but he's, <laughs> honestly uh, there, there's a few things that i also did notice that we you know we mentioned not not that i think we have any actual influence but you know going to the habs uh instagram page here when they posted the uh the lineups I was thinking about, you know, we were kind of predicting what Eric Stahl would look like and everything with that. And, like, so, you know, given the Gallagher injury, things get moved around a lot. But going into the game, the lines were Tatardano Gallagher, which we said, Druin Stahl into Foley. So we said, Let's break up that Anderson line. Yeah. They did. Um, Perry Anderson Suzuki, which made all of it. And then Byron caught game Lekkonen. And we were saying, like, I don't know if Kotkaniemi will get bumped to the fourth, but... If anyone is, it's gonna be him, yeah. and like you know, it's just one of those things where I'm I'm kind of surprised. Now, just looking at the lineup, um, with Gallagher out, um, I think the most logical choice would be one of Toffoli or Anderson. I think Toffoli with Tatar and Deno we haven't seen yet because we saw Toffoli with Gallagher and Deno. Yeah. But I'm I'm a little um, like hesitant on that one just because of the play style. Yeah. Um, I would much rather see Anderson with them. Me too. And then I kind of, I think Stahl played his best when he was playing with Perry. I'd like to see them together. Yeah, I think that's a good, uh, I don't need him in the top six. No, I don't need him in the top six. And I, I think, uh, you know, they, they've got a good chemistry together and, you know, it, it kind of, they might kind of bond and, you know, being the new, uh, the new guys on the team yeah, and, and the vets. 
and the vets and you know they're very seasoned and i you know i'd love for that to be our third line I yeah mean, like, that that, be... that's the thing I'm, I'm gonna run these lines by you i want to know what you what you think but you know what? I'll, I'll save it for the end here i want to go into over i don't i don't really think we call up caulfield though that's what uh, this is what i'm saying i, I want to think about this yeah. like... so let's just jump into ot real quick yeah so, you, you take that one again like you know wasn't you know, ecstatic to see the starting lineup. I mean, we're, you know, we're talking Deno, uh, Deno, Byron, Petrie again. This is a, you know, a starting lineup that, you know, we've been basically beat on for, you know, I'd probably say six out of nine OT losses. Uh, and then, uh, you know, throw an Armia a few times there. Uh, those seem to be our go-tos and, you know, it didn't work. So I was kind of surprised to see them out there again. But, you know, they did seem to get a quick shift change and, you know, they, they weren't out there for a, for a ton of time. And, you know, you got to realize that you know McDavid and Drysdale are, are playing that entire OT. Like they 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 were on for the first minute and a half. They took a twenty second break and they jumped right back on. Then you know timeout. They got a break. They're back out there again. And you know you you really can't waste shifts with these guys because they're not going off. So there's you're you're not waiting for anything, right? So right. Uh, you know if you're gonna wait for McDavid to get off to to get some production going, you're you, you know you're gonna have about a twenty second window there to get something going and. You know your lines might not match up, so you got to be very selective with the lines you take. And you know I don't think, you know even though we won, you know I don't think Dano Byron uh, Petrie is the way to go with that because no. you know one bad step, you know it's uh, you know it's I, I, I get Byron's out there because he's the only one that can catch McDavid. But know? at the same time, like, like potentially is he? in the NHL, yeah, like him. You know, there's a few guys obviously like you know there's Barzal and all that, but. You know, Byron's definitely one of the fastest in the league. And um, so I understand that. Like, if McDavid gets a break, like, you know, the only person on the team that, you know, could catch him is, is, is Byron. But, you know, I, I I don't think the pros outweigh the cons there. You know, like, let's just not give McDavid the puck at all. Well, this is what we've always been saying is, like, when you're playing on your heels, you're going to get caught. Yeah, exactly. So um, you know, Carey Price You need was, to score. Well, that's it. No. You need to score to win. Um, Carey Price was a 9-13. So, excuse me. So, <laughs> so that was, um, you know, it was a good showing. I think the goals really, again, you can't really attribute at least one of them. I would argue both, but um, uh, lazy goals, lazy from goals defense, from a defensive point, and of especially view. he really held his own. He made two saves that could end up not only on the saves of the week or month, but like those could be saves of the year kind of thing. The stacked pads more than the blocker, but um, yeah. The the big thing here for the goal from Stahl, um, Toffoli and Petrie getting the assists, right? So, like, why is that not your go-to? That's my question. Like, why is Eric Stahl, Tyler Toffoli, Jeff Petrie, you know who you don't see on these scoreboards is Dano, Byron, all these dudes. Like, that's basically the issue that I take. And, like, I, like that's that's the main thing is that, like, we still haven't seen Deno or Byron score. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah, no, I I get the first, I get the, uh, you know, I get the frustration. <laughs> it's, uh, I'm just laughing because like I just I, I can't believe this line's back on there. Like, yeah, it's you know, it's, and, and it, like, it, it's different because you know obviously we took the W, so. But the thing I, is, I, we took the W, it, but it, like, it not when me. they were on the ice. I know, it, not when they're on the ice, but it just it bugs me because, um, you know, I I it. I don't know how to word this. I, I, I don't want them to get the idea that this is like an okay thing. Exactly. I mean, like, I, I don't want them to take this W and be like, 
okay, so let's just keep doing, uh, you know, some things obviously paying off, you know, we lost nine in overtime, but, you know, maybe things are clicking now. It's like, exactly. no, that, that line just doesn't produce yeah, anything. Yeah, you, you basically burn one shift. You burn a that's shift. Their, that's the best case scenario. You burn a shift, but again, it, it's not No, like, no, that's the best case scenario yeah. if you burn a shift. Yeah. The, the more often than not is that you get scored on. Yeah, and, and another like another consequence of it is, for is to just survive. You're it. also just outwitted because what happens is like, listen, this works against a team like Toronto, where like, you know, they're putting Matthews on the ice, but Matthews isn't playing the whole OT. Like he's going off. It's not like a McDavid Drysaddle thing. Well, there you go. Okay, so yeah, maybe Deno Byron there works to kind of outlast that that initial Matthews line, and then you know once Matthews goes off, you you put out your big guns there, and you get a bit more you know offense going, but. Against a team like Edmonton, these guys aren't going off. Like, no, like exactly. uh, you know, Nurse, Nurse uh, is going to swap with Barry, and then you got McDavid and Drysaitel, and you know, maybe you'll th- you'll see Nugent Hopkins maybe once in o- OT, and and that's it. Like, you're playing against McDavid and Drysaitel, so you got to put every line out there with like intention to score because five minutes with McDavid and Drysaitel on the ice, like, you know, your your odds aren't great there. Like, you no, you really no, got to get it done in the first few minutes because. Uh, yeah, you're not putting your goaltender up for, you know, their best uh, best chances here. But you know, it's uh, oh, it's hard to it's hard to complain about lost. a win. No, it's hard to complain about a win. I just think we need to. But I know, think we need every, to be critical. We can't just yeah. say things are good when they're good and yeah, bad when they're bad. Because you know, yeah, we, we we had one really bad period there. Yeah, and, uh, it we're, lost we're lucky that we're a team that can bounce back. Yeah, it, it's nice that we did. That's what I was telling Jesse in the third. Was like, I'm happy that like we actually rallied in the third. Mm-hmm. Like uh, that's been an issue with the Habs for a little while now. Is like we get scored on, we kind of just throw up our mitts, and I got yeah, well. Guess well, that's, that's it. the game, but um, I'm kind of curious uh, to how many losses in overtime we had to Edmonton. I feel like we've been to overtime with them a lot. Yeah, I I mean we've only played them five times, but yeah. let's see. I feel like it's two or three even. Yeah. So that being said, while you look at or unless you already have it, no, I don't. Okay. Well, that that being said, like you know, I'm I'm we're gonna go over this together now because like I'm I'm actually having a hard time making lines now, assuming Gallagher's out. And the only other condition I'm going to have is assume that Armia stays on the COVID list. So just start kind of, you know, and that goes for everyone listening too that can send in their ideas. But I mean... Have we never played Edmonton in overtime? I could have sworn we did. Maybe I'm thinking of the Jets. I think I'm thinking of the Jets. Maybe the Jets, actually. Yeah, Yeah, I know this is our first OT against... Oh, okay. That doesn't sound right. 100% record. Yeah. Keep me going. We're 100%. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'd really like to jump into the lines here. So with Gallagher out, Tatar, Dano, and Anderson? Yeah, I think okay. Anderson basically, um, you know, replaces Gallagher's play style well, like, to it. a decent approximation. Now, let, let's ignore, um, like, like line minutes. So just we're making four lines. It yeah. doesn't matter. So let's just do Eric Stahl line here. I liked him playing with Perry. So who's the other complement on that line? So Perry's playing right. Um, let's go the other way first. I think that might be best. Okay, so I'll leave that open for now. So now playing with Suzuki. Yeah, it's uh yeah. So Anderson moved up. So yeah, I think we're gonna have to do to fully. I guess Druin. Yeah. Okay, Druin. But yeah, I don't know. I don't love that line. I don't love that line. That's what I'm saying. So anyway, we'll see. And then Kotkaniemi is playing with who? Yeah, see, I was going to say Drew and Kotkaniemi, and when's Armia come back? That's what I'm saying. Like, we don't know, so just assume he's out. Okay, we'll assume he's out. So, like, the way I was thinking is maybe you put Drew in 
with Eric Stahl and Perry. Yeah. That could be me. And then this is where I'm getting a little bit you know, creative. That's a really slow line, though. I know, but like, it, it, there's certain things that you know they they might do better because what about they're Byron Stahl and. Well, that's that's Eric. the thing is like that's I don't a, know if they a, can keep up with him. That's a good vet line. I know. I just I'm worried they wouldn't be able to keep up with him a little. It would kind yeah. of like it would kind of hold him back a bit. Yeah, maybe. But I I thought about that because also Byron and Perry have good chemistry together, but. The way I was thinking is that if you have Druin playing with Stahl and Perry, you can then have Toffoli on the left of Gallagher, of uh, Gallagher of Suzuki, and if you call up Caulfield, put him on the right, and then you have the option with Kotkaniemi of Byron and Lekkanen, which they seem to really like mm. together, and then basically Evans is your last guy. True. That's what I'm thinking, only because like I think... You know, we don't need to jumpstart Suzuki, but in, in the sense... He's been slowing down a little bit. And so putting him with two guys who will put the puck in the net, yeah, he can just be the distributor. Like, it's just full-on playmaker. Like, shoot the puck, obviously. Yeah. But, like, imagine Caulfield on your right, Toffoli on your left. Yeah. You're coming up. You can be... Like, that's that's three guys who can score goals. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I think they'll be quicker, you know, just um, more realistically mm-hmm. i think we're, we won't see caulfield right away i think no for sure not i think he has to play a few games in laval yeah which, like, i, I think his what, first game in the because it's his quarantine's done yeah i think what will realistically happen there is evans will kind of uh play the fourth and that would bring see it all kind of depends on on army army has yeah. got to be out soon yeah well we don't we don't know how because the thing is too he might be healthy but he might be completely fatigued and not ready to play the like professional yeah. hockey. That's the other thing too. You know, they're talking about the Vancouver Canucks and having their disaster. I think they're up to twenty-two uh, roster and staff members. It's like even if they're healthy, they might have like some serious like aftermath issues of like. Well, that's the thing. I mean, like a few of them are apparently very very ill. Yeah, which, these like, guys we, are going to be. Everyone ends up okay. Yeah, obviously. I, you know, and just from a performance standpoint, I mean, like you know, you, you don't just jump back on the ice here. I mean, like you yeah. know, let's say you're 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 bedridden with this with this disease for, you know, nine days, ten days. Imagine getting up and going to play professional hockey. Well, I mean, that's like, what I mean. Yeah. You're, you're, you're atrophied, you're dehydrated, you're, you know, you're, you're ill. I mean, this isn't going to be an easy transition. It's like you're talking, you know, two weeks of, of symptoms and then, you know, you got to get back on the exercise bike, you know, like get it back on the Peloton and then you got it back to, you know, like skating and practices. And then, you know, I mean, it, it it's almost better that the Canucks had a very, very bad season. I mean, I don't think anyone thinks that they're going to make the playoffs mm-hmm. um, just because, you know, uh, they're not going to, you know, even just fatigue aside, like the fact that they aren't going to be practicing for this long, I mean, it's not going to be great. I mean... No. I mean, that, that, that's... Uh, you would assume, like, that, like, like at the very least, they're going to be horrible. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. there's no... Like, I wouldn't know... I don't think anyone would expect them to actually show up ready to go. I yeah. mean, look at Mika Zibanejad. He had COVID preseason, like, like in the summer. I'm not talking, like... Like, he had it months before. And maybe not the summer, but the fall. And the idea is, like, the first bit of the season, he was horrible. He even talked about... He said, it's, like, it, it's like really not, like able to keep up yeah then he blew up recently because he's finally like actually bounced back yeah well they, they talk about you know certain strains carrying like chronic fatigue and well, stuff there you and, go you know a, a lot of people might carry not... prices like dear god 
like you know a lot of people like the average joe might not notice it because they don't you know exert themselves as much and you know this might just be kind of like a secondary symptom but you know when your whole job is is like you know very you know like you know glycolytic very aerobic exercise like you you'll notice every single percentage decrease in your performance and that'll stick out but and so will everyone on tv watching you yeah exactly but uh we're gonna you know oh yeah we'll uh, we'll mention it here now our long format pod- podcast got um delayed try by that again day. try that again our long, <laughs> long form- format podcast. <laughs> our long format podcast got delayed by a day so we'll be out with with that with that tomorrow we're gonna go over the vancouver canuck situation and kind of see what's going on there uh, hopefully we'll have a bit more news tomorrow about yeah. it but um no, you know, I'm 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 happy with this game. Like I, I, I think you guys can probably hear a bit of like hesitancy in my voice. I I don't like it when we have kind of scabby games. Like I, I you know, I, it, there's there's pros and cons to it. Like the silver lining is that like you know during that center inter second intermission we were able to rally. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Having a stroke. Um, it, you know, it's good to see that like in terms of like a coaching kind of standpoint, like we can rally the troops in the second yeah. intermission because that's important, especially like going into the playoffs. Like, well, that's the thing. Like, I, I think the big thing from this, I like uh, funny enough is the last second of the game. It's we bring in a guy like Eric Stahl. Hey, we didn't even talk about that yet. I know. Yeah. I'm just saying I mentioned it brief, but like he scored in his first game. Yeah. He has four goals on the season. Yeah. He, I'm telling you, he's going to take off here. Cause we, we have this thing with these like, Hall of Fame vets. Yeah. You know, we just revive them. We revive their game. Kovalchuk, Perry, now Stahl. Like, yeah. it's going to be incredible. Michael Froelich. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that poor guy. Yeah. Fuck. Although he's a Stanley Cup champion. So, yeah. it's like, well, that's yeah. why he's here. That's literally why he's here. It's yeah. not for his merit. Yeah. It's for his resume. Yeah. And that's okay. Like, he, he knows how to play hockey, but we're not exactly lining him up on the power play. Yeah. Let's just say I wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't a Perry esque performance no, in his exactly, first game. Exactly. <laughs> It was a Frolic-esque performance. Yeah, exactly. But, no, I'm excited for Perry, for Armia to get back just because, you know, he's going to fill some, like, huge gaping holes, especially well, if Gallagher it. gone. Ideally, we hear that Gallagher's out for a week. That'd be yeah, incredible. It, it just, would be fantastic I'm just horrible yeah, bruising. I'm just not going to hold my breath because this just I, didn't look it, very it, good. I, I, I looked at the replay, like, three times. It, it wasn't so much the shot because, like, you know, after, you know, 80 kilometers an hour all these things look the same but yeah. it was more the reaction and, and well that, that's it is like these guys know look like going back to Sherrod, he immediately knew it was the same body language gallagher knew this is an injury he's had yeah. three times this before. is the only thing the only thing though and why like i'm trying to i'm holding on to like a monicum of hope is because gallagher left last game too well yeah that that's the one that i thought about that but he did come but he back. did come back that was yeah. he got hurt in the first yeah and, and like and you're last not keeping game, gallagher out of a game last game he got hurt in the second yeah. and only waited till the third yeah and so he was like, good to go in the second he just was wasn't dressed basically yeah so let's just hope he's all right yeah and, you know hopefully worst case scenario he's out for the season but back for the playoffs yeah like a kucherov situation where he's just gonna be well rested yeah so that would be that would be fantastic you know it would obviously be you know tragic if he missed yeah like everyone else will have to step it up a little just because if you think about it when we you know really needed gallagher last playoffs it's you know after that when he broke his jaw and we you know we missed him and and we got eliminated and it would suck to not have him again yeah that would that would be and it would be even worse for him yeah like he would not enjoy that but well before we let you guys go i'm just gonna double check if there's anything out on gallagher just so okay well and while you're looking i'm just gonna mention that cole caulfield's probably gonna play his first game tomorrow 
So depending on what time we record the long format podcast, maybe we'll have some updates on his first pro game, which will be nice. So um, he gets a hat trick. Well, yeah, this is the thing. This is the kind of player that like I don't think like he's he's going to be Alex Ovechkin, but like I I really do think that like this is like a thirty five oh, plus 15 goal. Fifteen seconds ago. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Habs Dominic Ducharme says Brendan Gallagher has a fractured thumb and will be out for two to three weeks. Yeah, so I mean... Yeah, so that's the basically the, the rest of the, rest season. Of the regular season, but yeah. that's good news for the playoffs. Yeah, and it's it's just the thumb, which is nice. You know, last time it was the palm of his hand, and like it's harder. So he'll have his thumb in a splint. So at least it's on his wrist. Yeah. So it's like, that's huge. Um, okay, so another report is saying one to three weeks. Yeah, that's it. So I don't know Aim how high. that. Yeah, I don't know how that could be one if you break your thumb, but you super know, glue. Yeah, but you know maybe it's a. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but, but you know let's say it's, let's say it's three weeks. Yeah. Okay, that's uh, totally doable. Yeah, that's twelve more games. He might even come back for the end of the season. Yeah, let me just let me just double check this. One well, second. we know we're playing four games a week for the next three weeks starting today. Remember, we're making up all those games. Yeah, it's so our last game is is May eleventh. Yeah. Okay. For now. So, <laughs> yeah, for now. So, no, he won't even miss the rest of the regular season. That's what I'm saying. He'll miss April. Yeah, so one, two, three. Yeah, no, he'll he'll finish with... Uh, he'll he'll play the last two weeks of the season. There you go. So, so he'll be, be a full okay. swing. He'll be rested, and then he'll just jump into the playoffs with us. How, the thumbs heal that quick? God damn. I, I guess, like, because you can just splint it, it up, and splinted, you can still yeah. move your hand. It'd be different if it was, like, maybe, like, his index or his middle finger, yeah. where it'd be like that. Yeah. Which that doesn't Plus, really like, help the like, listeners, yeah. but <laughs> take off a week because it's Gallagher. Exactly, like, like he'll go, he'll he'll take a shot of something, numb yeah. it up before the game. But uh, you yeah, know, just last thing, talking about Caulfield. Um, you know, this is someone who I I've been up and down throughout like the past since drafting him. I was really high on him when we drafted him, and then I I'm someone who takes performance in the junior leagues, like serious. I find there's there's two camps of thought with this, where like you get one person who really doesn't care how they perform let's say in college or the or the junior level because you know it's not transferable directly um and then you get the other camp which like the only thing i personally care about is when you have prospects coming from men's league so like romanov for example yeah. i i was excited about him because he had been playing from like the age of 16 or 17 with men like he's playing it's like 25 yeah. year olds Caulfield, I was up and down because, like, you know, he, he had that, that very famous 132, I think, goals in 130 games with the U.S. Development Program, and he's obviously a big goal scorer, and then he went on, you know, had great uh, couple World Juniors, but nothing spectacular, which is what worried me, because that's against your peers, Yeah. but then again, he blew up this seat, like, he, he's done that thing of, like, growing exponentially every year in his regular season which is why i'm excited for it you know he's he's rounded out his game a lot he's not when he was just the dude who could score a goal per game and do nothing else i was worried yeah but now he's someone who can score a goal per game get an assist kill some penalties even he got faster he got stronger um just he he just that's the kind of guy you want i don't see him like i said like alex ovechkin but alex debrinkit for sure. And I'm talking like full swing Alex Debrinkit, who puts up 30 to 5 to 40 goals a year. Like, you pair him with an elite playmaker, like a Suzuki, I think that's a young pair that's going to grow 
massively over the years. Yeah, yeah. you know, I'm uh, looking forward to see him play, like even in the AHL, just to see how he, you know, I, I don't, again, I, I think we agree on the fact that I don't think that's the place for him to grow, and I don't think, you know, anyone in Habs management also thinks that, but... There's just no um, room and no cap. Yeah, let's just keep him there for as little time as possible, and, you know, I think, you know, Gallagher being out for a few weeks, I think this might be a good time to get him playing in the NHL. Yeah, and... I think that might jumpstart him a little. We might even see maybe he'll play one game just to, like, be officially in and then call, get called up. Yeah. Um, It'd be super cool to see. I mean, like, thinking about that, like, again... This is also someone I think we're both in agreement. This is not someone you play in the AHL, and this is not someone you play no. in the bottom six. It's not going to do him any good in the AHL. I mean, the talent's not there. Talent's not there, and, and like we've said, this it's too is too rough of a league. Exactly, there. the AHL is when you want your players who are going to play a big, like like banging crash game, or or at least just like someone who like caught Kaniemi needs to develop his physical game. Yeah. You know, like a guy who's developing really well in, in that kind of league is like Kale Flurry. Exactly. Because yeah, he's gonna learn just how to be or like, like a ghoulie will do very like, well. Well, that's exactly it. Like versus, you know, I'm thinking of other teams' prospects. Like Trevor Zegers doesn't need to be no. in there. He has the talent. He just needs to play. Mm-hmm. You know, versus like a Max Comtois. Just to use another Al- Anaheim example. Uh, he th- he killed it in the AHL, and now he's one of the best players on their team. Yeah. So, you know, overall, it's just, we'll see what happens. I think what the Habs need and what the fans want are not as far apart as it used to be. You know, like, everyone was very, like, sign Kotkaniemi, play him right away, do that. And, like, you know, then people got upset when, you know, he he didn't win the Calder. But um, overall, I think we're handling this well, and I think we're kind of understanding where the team needs to go and what they need to do. So... We'll leave it that there. That being said, we'll um, you know catch you guys for our long format tomorrow, and yeah. uh, you know we got a lot of games this month. It's gonna be exciting to you know talk with you guys more. And as always, just message us on Instagram or our or Gmail. Um, let us know what you guys think, and you know throw some line combinations at us too. We like to look at that stuff. Um, and yeah, let's. Uh, and the trade deadline's coming up, trade, so we're oh, gonna yeah. have that trade podcast. Deadline. That's gonna be interesting. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. That's a whole other can of worms we can open yeah. right now. I think, you know, it's yeah, well, be We'll a... get into that. Another. I, I feel like almost probably what will be the best thing for us to do that day is just have the mic on the whole day. Yeah, probably just have, like, capture live reactions. Kill my computer, though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just capture live reactions, and, you know, uh, yeah, we'll see where we go from there. So, yeah, we'll catch you guys uh, tomorrow, and uh, have a good night. Thank you for listening to the Habs Puck Drop Podcast. You can email us your thoughts, questions, and suggestions through our email at habspuckdrop at gmail.com or direct message us on Instagram at habspuckdrop. We'll see you next time.